This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Today we are discussing Shar HaSimcha, the gate of joy. In Orchot Sadiqim, beautiful, beautiful chapter about Simcha. And how does a person get happy? How does what makes a person happy? And the answer is Shalva. Shalva is what's called peace of mind. Shalva is peace of mind. A person is happy in his heart. He's not worried about anything bad happening. And the person reach, res, reaches all their desires are fulfilled. Amazing, amazing. And nothing is sad is on his mind. And he's always in joy. That is the highest level of simcha. And you'll see in a person's face, his face is bright and shining because he's always in joy. That's a very high level of, of joy. And it's impossible really to reach that level of joy in a natural state. But a person has no worries. Everyone has worries. Everyone has problems. Everyone has something going wrong. Everyone has. So if it's not you, it's your relative. If it's not your relative, it's your grandchildren. If it's not a woman, it's a grand- grandfather, grandmother. There's always something going on in the family. So how does a person get to a state of simcha? That's our question. So Mishle, Shlomo Melech says, Lev Sameach Yetav Gehe. A person who has a, a happy heart will make his face glow. A person with a happy heart, his face is glowing. His radiance is gleam. His body will be healthy. Imagine, how many diseases today are caused by stress, by pain, by suffering? Tremendous. The, the, uh, the brain is happy, everything is going well, the body is happy. Amazing. The body has, what's it called? Endorphins. Reflects endorphins, all the endorphins. It reflects the status of the mind. The body reflects the status of the mind. person has worries and trouble. I've seen it. People get sick. Makes them sick. There are problems with this, problems with that. Makes people sick. Makes them physically sick. But a person who's happy, he lights up his whole body. The whole body is feeling better. The person feels better. Radiance will glean. The body will be healthy. And uh, even in old age, the person will be a different person. You get two people who are old, and one is happy and he's living a nice life, and a person another happy is not happy. So usually, what happens is there's a linkage between. Having a happy life and having a long life. There's usually, there's usually a very important linkage between the two. And that's why it's always good to be happy. How do you become happy? That's the question. Because we're surrounded with problems. All around us there's problems. You worry about your children, you worry about your wife, you worry about this, you worry about that one. And the answer is a person has to have emunah. The key of Judaism is emunah. Emunah is I know there's a God. I know God is watching me. I know God will help me. And that will make a person happy. So that's what we're going to discuss tonight, is how does a person become happy? So it's very, very important to be happy. Now there's two kinds of happiness. There's a happiness which is a kind of foolish happiness. What is foolish happiness? That's a person who sits in a comedy club. You go to a comedy club, you watch Saturday Night Live, and <laughs> uh, I've only been to a comedy club once in my life, and that was a member of my shul. You remember the story? A member of my shul in Vancouver, he was a young boy. He became one of the comedians at a comedy club. I said, boy, i got to come and watch your act. So one day I came. It was crazy. I, I'm crazy. I was, I, was so, I was a young rabbi. What can I do? <laughs> I was 27 years old. I went to the comedy club. I'm sitting over there. It wasn't my scene. It wasn't my kind of scene. I was sitting around tables. They're drinking. And all the acts are going on. And I'm waiting over there. Waiting, waiting. He never showed up. So afterwards I said, where are you? He said, I, I, I thought you were there. And I didn't come. And I didn't want you to see my act. So I knew already what kind of act he has, gosh. So, so that is laughter, but there's no substance. 
it's joy, but it's not joy based on anything. It's based on just humor of laughing and laughing. But when the laughter is over, what happens is a person feels down. So it's like alcohol. A person get drunk and feel good, feel good. What happens the next day? Hangover. 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 So the higher a person is, the further down they go. So a person's happy, happy, happy. They forget all their problems. And you know what happens when they, when they realize the problems didn't go away? They feel even more down. So these are kind of false laughter. It's false laughter. And that's what Shlomo Melech says in Kohelet, in chapter 7. He says, just like the crackling of thorns under a pot. What does that mean? In those days, they, couldn't have, they didn't have gas fires or electric fires. What do they have? Wood. So what happens is, there's different kinds of wood. There's a thick kind of wood, which makes a lot of good heat. And then there's a, you, you take these thorns and you put them under the fire. They make a lot of noise. Crackle, 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 crackle. But there's no heat over there. So Shlomo Melech says, the fools, they laugh. It's a lot of crackling. You hear a lot of noise. But there's no heat. It doesn't really change the person. It's a very short-term effect. So laughter has a short-term laugh. So that's a sign of a fool. He laughs, 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 even when it's not fit to laugh. But it doesn't really make him happy. And uh, so that's amazing. That's a concept. There's two kinds of joy. One is a joy which is not based on something solid and eventually will lead to sadness. And there's another kind of joy. It's a joy from the inside out. So there's joy from the outside in, and there's a joy from the inside out. There's two kinds of joys. The joy from the inside out is like, it's a joy which is self-fulfilling. Because this person's already happy inside. That's the idea. But a person which gets, he gets joy from the outside, when the other guy goes away, his joy's gone as well. I have a cousin who's, who's really funny. He's hilarious. And he came last weekend to visit me. It's hilarious. We're having fun. We're having, I mean, it's such a joke. One joke, the other joke. But when he's gone, you know, what happens then? So the answer is, if you're happy inside, doesn't matter. No one can turn you laughter on and turn your laughter off. It's self-fulfilling. It's a joy from the inside. So it's very important to have that joy from the inside. So how does a person become joyous from the inside? That's our question. So number one, he says, he's talking about the false kind of joy. There's a false kind of joy, which is called simcha and schok. Schok is like laughter of the fools. People are laughing, happy, they're laughing. But there's no real laughter inside. You know, it's a beautiful story. There was a, a famous clown. What was his name? Gary Baldi. Gary Baldi was one of the best clowns. And a guy goes to the psychologist. He says, psychologist, I'm very depressed. So in those days, it wasn't so common. There was no Prozac. There was no medication for depression. What do you do? So the psychologist says, why don't you go to the clown? Go to the circus. The clown over there will make you laugh. He'll make you happy. And you know what he said? He says, I am the clown. I am the clown. So the clown was acting, and I made everyone laugh, but he himself was depressed. Why was he depressed? Because he wasn't happy inside. And it was, ha, 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 putting on a show. There's a lot of people put on shows. They're very happy on the outside, but really they're miserable inside. A lot Especially of people comedians. Especially comedians. Why is that? Because there's, no, there's nothing fueling them. Right? It's very hard to be a rabbi. I'm telling you, it's very hard to be a rabbi. Why? Because you have to have the engine inside you. You have to have the fire inside you that's burning all the time. Imagine. It's not easy to give the break through, the break through, the break through. You get burnt out. The person's got to have that fire inside you. See, I'll tell you, one of my heroes is Rabbi Maimon. Have you ever met Rabbi Maimon? Rabbi Maimon of Seattle. He's about, he must be over 100 now. He must be over 100 years old. Um, I knew him 20, how many, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. He's not a breast lover, is he? Not at all. So, uh, 30 years ago, he was like in his 70s. So, I, he was a sundak. Yes, he's sundak. Yossi Sandak. 
So he came, came out, he's an old man, 70s. We used to go and visit with him. We used to stay with him in Seattle. He used to be in Seattle. We were in Vancouver. And he would drive. He'd come and visit us. And uh, he would take our kids to the amusement park. 70 years old. He would sit with them on the train. You know the little train? His, <laughs> I was embarrassed to sit with them on the train. Here's this old man. He's, he's, like, he's, having, he's so full of life and so full of joy. And that's really the key. The key is what you're full inside. What's inside you? His inside was Torah and laughter and joy from inside. It wasn't something he needed to turn on, turn off. It was right from inside. He's, he had an engine inside him. It's got to be a hot engine. The person's pull can pull other people. A cold energy cannot pull anyone else. So it's got to be simcha, which comes from inside. So there's two kinds of joy. There's joy that comes from the outside, which is a false kind of joy. And there's a joy which comes from the inside. Then there's, uh, there's all kinds of joy, which is dirty joy, dirty humor, disgusting. So it's evil, evil joy. Evil joy is laughing when other people fall down. So they have in uh, whatever movies and people laughing. Why? Because something bad happened to someone. They laugh. That kind of joy is a bad kind of joy. That's a bad kind of joy. Like slapstick. Slapstick, exactly. Slapstick comedy, it's a bad kind of joy. Why? You see Charlie Chaplin, whatever, he's always something bad happening. Something happens, he falls down, hits himself, hurts himself, everyone's laughing. <laughs> so that's not a good joy. That's a bad joy. Slapstick. And uh, so, so, he says, there's an obligation to people to rebuke them. Shlomo Melech says, Don't even laugh when your enemy falls. Imagine. You see an enemy walking down the street and he falls down. Uh, my enemy fell down. <laughs> my enemy. Don't, don't laugh. It's interesting. This is one of the questions on Purim. It says, Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. So how can we rejoice on Haman's failure? And the answer is, we're not rejoicing because Haman died. We're rejoicing because we survived. <laughs> we're not rejoicing on his downfall. We're rejoicing because he, we survived. That's what we're that's what's fueling our joys. We don't care what happens to him, but we care what happens to us. We were saved. Thank God for that. That's why we're rejoicing. Not because he, he, something bad happened to him. But it's interesting because whatever he tried to do, and this always happens in life, whatever you want to do to others always comes back. It's a boomerang. Hashem has a sense of humor. You want to do bad to others, even when a person doesn't even say it. He just thinks it. It's a horrible thing. A person should be very careful what they think. It's a self uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. What well, you think, Hashem says, oh, you think you want to do Mida Kanegi Mida, it's called. Whatever you want to do, comes back. You want to do good? Hashem says, I'll do good for you. So it's very important to always think good things about other people. Always. Your spouse, your mother, your father, your family, your wife, your sisters, whatever brothers, a person's going to think good thoughts always, even though sometimes you don't get along, but always think good thoughts. Like, you know, the famous uh, story in The Fiddle on the Roof, right? They come to the rabbi and the fiddle on the roof and they say, is there a blessing for the Tsar? Now the Tsar, was the, he was the king of uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. And no one liked him. He was a miserable, evil person against the Jews. But there's spies all over. He says, rabbi, is there a bracha on the, on the Tsar? He said, yes. What's the bracha? Hashem should keep the Tsar far away from us. <laughs> <laughs> so say a bracha, you know, you don't like someone. Hashem, keep him far away from me. That's what I want. Please, Hashem. So don't pay for bad for him. Just pray that he's far away. That's all. <laughs> so, so it's very important to have a good, positive sense of humor. Good, positive sense of humor. And unfortunately, when there's joy, and it's the wrong kind of joy, there's comedy clubs. It's not a good kind of joy. It's a, a joy. So it's kosher joy. It is non-kosher joy. What is kosher joy? And that's the kind of joy which is forbidden on... There's a kind of joy. You're not allowed to be happy on Tisha B'Av. How does a person become happy on Tisha B'Av? How do you keep on happy? So the answer is, you're not allowed to learn Torah. 
So now we can understand what is joy. Joy is the joy of doing a mitzvah. It's not a kind of joy that everyone enjoys. It's a joy which is an acquired taste. An acquired taste. The taste of a mitzvah and saying, you know, I did a mitzvah, I'm so happy I did a mitzvah. I had guests over last, yesterday, I don't know how you did it. She had guests over yesterday and she's happy. Made her happy. Why do I make her happy? Because she appreciates the mitzvah of Hachnas Satorchim. It's amazing. Oh. My wife also, amazing. She's amazing. How does she do it? I don't know how she does it. For, for how many years? Uh, she used to have uh, seven little kids running around and she's cooking for 25 people. Sadek, Sadek. And I, I'm an idiot because I cause her so much trouble. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's a big mitzvah, tremendous mitzvah. Come here, we had 25 people of Seder. Uh, and we didn't even know who they were. We invited everyone, you know, all the Jews in Vancouver to come to our Seder. And uh, we had 25 people. And some of them just waiting for the food. So they just walked out. <laughs> they didn't know. You know, you come to a Seder, we talk for two hours, and they're waiting for the food to come, and then, where's the food? <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting, very fascinating. We had a very fascinating life. We had a very fascinating life. So a person's got to pray. What do you pray for? Um, it's very, very interesting. So Rabbi Huna, Nehunya ben Hakana. Nehunya ben Hakana was one of the great rabbis who, who was a big Kabbalist. Nehunya ben Hakana, he's mentioned the Zohar. He said this is a very big evil. There's an evil. What's the evil? To be happy when someone else makes a mistake. People are happy and they're so happy. You know, what happened to you? Why are you happy today? Because I saw my enemy at work and a big mistake happened to him. <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> He's happy. <laughs> he said, big evil. It's a big evil to, to be happy when someone else falls. And he says, even many great people are not careful about this. Many great people. You see this today in Israeli politics. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. What? To, to not be happy. To not be happy. Yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. It's one of the evils. He says there's an evil. The evil is someone else falls and you're happy. Don't be happy when your enemy falls. It's very hard. So this is, a, this is hard. This, this applies right through life. The person's happy because the other guy failed. The other guy failed, I'm happy. He said, look, he said, even people who are important people, don't be careful about this. And therefore, he says, any person who wants to serve Hashem should feel pain if they're happy when someone else falls because they didn't do God's will. Right? And he says also, when a person prays in the Amidah, intend to pray for all of Klan Israel. You're asking for, the first thing we ask for is wisdom. You're asking for wisdom, not just for me. I want wisdom for all the Jewish people. You're asking for teshuva, ask for teshuva for all the Jewish people. When you're asking for uh, slicha, ask for slicha for all the Jewish people. Everything we pray for. You pray for health, pray for all the Jewish people. Don't just pray for yourself. And just what you want will happen to you. him, will happen to you. You want him to be healthy? Hashem says, you pray for others, I'll, I'll look after you. Don't worry, I'll look after you. And that's one of the secrets of being prayers being answered. So it's very important to... Uh, Learn to be happy for the right reasons, not to be happy for the wrong reasons. Okay, so he says, what's co- the problem is the Yitzharah. Desire to beat someone else. You know, people are, some people are very competitive. I want to beat that guy. I want to save up more money than that guy. I want to have a bigger house than that guy. I want to have a, uh, a bit nicer car than this guy. Everything's competitive. And that will lead a person to hate the other guy. He buys a bigger house. I hate him. You know why? He's, he has a bigger house. He drives a bigger car. And uh, whatever, he has more money than me. I hate them. Yeah, socialism. It's very hard today. You see them today. It's, it's not just uh, that they want to be looked after. But they, they're jealous of those who have more. 
and they hate people who have more. It's Asur. That is a tremendous disaster in society. But should be happy with what they have and try work harder, you'll get more as well. We wait just for someone else, it's not gonna help you. So a person should direct one's heart to Hashem with complete devotion to pour out your prayers, not just for yourself, but for everyone. And this way a person fulfills the mitzvah of Yehafta, love your friend as yourself. So that's a very bad uh, a joy, which is a joy at someone else's fall. That's a very evil joy, he says. He said there's another evil, which is even worse than that. Someone who makes a joke out of everyone. So make a mockery of this guy, make a mockery of that guy. And the worst is, make a mockery of Hashem. Some people deny, I don't believe in God, so make a mockery. You have jokers who say, you know, where's God, who is God, I don't believe in God, I never saw God today, where's, where's God? You know, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Paro, Paro says, who is God? I, don't, I never heard of this one, it's a new one on me. But if he's doing it to make fun of the God, he said, that's the worst kind of laughter. That's the worst kind of laughter, a person who makes fun of a person who does mitzvot. People say, I don't believe in this mitzvah. Why is this? Who's this guy wearing this black box? Make a fun, make a joke out of the guy. He's wearing tzitzit, he's making these strings now. So a person makes a mockery of that kind of people. That's very evil laughter. That's very evil um, making mockery of people. So now he says, it leads to four things. There's four things which come out of this which are very bad. Number one, he darkens his own soul from the light of the mitzvah. When a person laughs at someone else who's doing a mitzvah, it's like, I don't believe in that mitzvah. So that, that part of his soul, now the window is closed. We don't really realize that. That it takes a lot of effort to believe that these things work. Now, why am I wearing tzitzit? There's little strings on the... I'm wearing tzitzit because Hashem said to wear tzitzit. That's why I'm wearing tzitzit. But a lot of people say, you're just wearing strings. You're, you're crazy. Why are you wearing these special strings? So a person makes a mockery of the mitzvah, will never do the mitzvah. Very simple. So that's number one. A person makes a mockery of the mitzvah, so look at the language. He darkens his soul in that particular thing. If he's, he's going to make a mockery of the mitzvah, Hashem says, we're not going to be able to do the mitzvah. I'm going to darken that area of your soul. It's going to be dark. The windows of that area of the soul are, are drawn. You won't be able to see the light. And uh, number two, maybe he will stop the other person from doing the mitzvah. Imagine. I remember I had a kid over here who was teaching bar mitzvah. So the parents told me that when he was young, the kid was very religious. He would take a book and read and, and learn, and, and he wanted to be a rabbi when he grew up, and his mother would make a mockery of him. You're a fool, you're an idiot, it's all worthless. It was a terrible story. And so he never became religious. That boy had such heart, but she stopped him. She closed off that door for him. She closed off the door because she was making a mockery of him. And so the second idea of making mockery of people who are doing, uh, doing good things is they stop doing it. And who's, who's at fault? The guy who made the mockery. So number one is he'll never do that mitzvah. Number two is maybe that person will stop doing the mitzvah. And number three, maybe that person would have changed other people. So now I'm stopping him from doing the mitzvah and I'm going to stop the other people who have been affected by him. His brothers, his sisters, maybe they'll be affected by his mitzvot. Now they're all being stopped. So this guy who's mocking him, stopping not just him doing the mitzvah, but other people from doing the mitzvah as well. So this is the category of a person who makes other people sin. We say, a person who makes other people sin, is not allowed to do tshuva. 
can't do teshuva. So it's a, so making mockery of good people is asur. Person not to make mockery of good people it can have many ramifications. Number one, you make a mockery of the good person. Number two is maybe the good person was not going to do good anymore because he made him mocked. Number three is all the people he could have influenced will not be influenced, and it's that person's fault. Number four, he's like a robber. Can you imagine a person going to the king with a present, and the robber comes and robs the present going to the king. How bad is the thing? What's the king going to do? <laughs> They're very, very angry. Convention. So, like, here we are. People are going to do a mitzvah to the king, Hashem. And the guy is stopping them, giving the gift to the king. So people don't really realize what we're doing. So you see someone doing a mitzvah, you should always encourage them. Always encourage people. I know my, my family, it's, uh, my parents, and my younger brother wanted to go to yeshiva. My mother says, I want him to be a lawyer. He, this guy is brilliant. He was brilliant, really. He was my son. My brother's brilliant. And... Uh, and the, my parents were talking about it. I heard about this third hand. I, I wasn't there that time. I was already grown up and moved out. And, and my father said, if he wants to go to Yeshiva, I'm not going to stop him. I'm not going to take that responsibility to stop a person going to Yeshiva. And today he's, he's a Baruch Hashem. He's, he's got a lot of students, a lot of people. Depend on him. So imagine if he said, no, he's not going to go. And, uh, you know, we lost, we lost, lost one of the lights in the world. So, person gonna, the parents always got to encourage their children to do good. Always encourage other people to do good. And this way, when they're doing good, you're going to get a portion, you're going to get a reward, you're going to get a percentage. The more we encourage other people, the more percentage we get to do good. And then he says there's something even worse. Oh, boy. A person who gets joy by doing evil. I mean, we should never know. A person gets joy from doing evil. So today, it's, not, it's available today. Everything's available today. This is America. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, whatever you want. It's like a, a free society. That's, a, that's the penalties of a free society. So the says, you know, I get joy by doing evil things. Asura, the person's getting joy from the wrong places. And that's a different kind. That's Asura. That, that kind of joy is Avera. The joy, the joy of an Avera. And that is called Pesha. Pesha. Pesha is enjoying the Avirah to the point where you don't care Hashem I'm rebelling against Hashem completely pardon? yeah we do, we do for everything Khatanu Avinu Pashanu Pashanu is for Pesha, everything everything is covered by the Vidui uh, so normally a person goes he does a sin for pleasure once, he does a sin for pleasure twice, then it becomes like rebellion, that's Pesha already third time is like Pesha already I don't care what God says, I'll do whatever I want that's a terrible thing. He says the guilt is great and brings them to the lowest pit. You know the lowest pit is? Lowest pit of Gehinam. Okay, so those are bad kinds of joy. And then he said there's another kind of joy, which is confusing. A confusing joy, it's not so bad, but it's confusing. And that is the joy of going to parties. People get drunk and rejoice in the party. And he says this leads to, guess, a hangover. I said before, this is a hangover. I'm not doing bad, I'm going to a wedding. You see, in the wedding, people go straight to the booze. It's terrible because even younger now, younger and younger people, people, the students from I can't say where, they go straight to the booze. Young people, crazy, it's crazy. So, why? They want to enjoy it? want to enjoy it? Well, they enjoy it. It's a false kind of enjoyment. Say, but I'm, I'm here in the wedding, I'm making the Hatan and Kala happy, yeah. You're making the Hatan and Kala happy. By keeping on drinking, that's not making the halal and kala happy. So what happened? They party all night, 
and you know they're playing Jewish music and everything. It's a Jewish thing. It's a, but they're drinking. And they're, so that guy smoke, he says, because they're doing a mitzvah and they, they're doing an avera at the same time. They're getting drunk at the same time. Poor, him also, poor him also. People drink and they start doing the wrong things. Especially young, young boys. See the young boys going around. They take them around to collect money, and then the boys miskin him. Wherever they go, they give them booze, and the people think they're doing a mitzvah by giving them booze. They're doing an avera, it's an avera. So it's a good time to talk about this. And wine causes a person to avirot. Rambam writes, he quotes the Rambam. A gathering for drinking liquor deserves greater shame. Imagine. It's like one of the worst things a person could do. So drinking of wine is very good if you drink like an intelligent person. But if you drink like a fool, which is overdrink, and get drunk, it's a disaster. Okay, so that's the Rambam. So this should be said, look, this is how you should drink wine. Number one is, a person is very worried. Drink a little bit of wine to be happy. It's a cure in those days, better than Prozac. <laughs> I never had Prozac. Well, they do. Number two is, surgery. Can you imagine? Surgery in those days? can't even imagine what it's like. Bar Minna, we should never have experience like that. In those days, a person had surgery. How they do surgery? There's no anesthesia. Make the guy drunk. Hmm. It's still hard to even imagine. So, okay, Times of pain, times of sorrow, times of situations which are really disasters. Of course, you have allowed, allowed to drink. It's a mitzvah to drink. Um, so, so that's a mitzvah. But a person who has no troubles and he just wants to drink because he enjoys getting drunk. It's, it's an avira. So there's a, a balance because when you there's a balance. Very good. Because when you when it, it says in the Torah, right, when you go to your shalim or whatever, and you, you can buy whatever meat and yeah, wine. you'll be happy on your festival. It's a mitzvah to eat meat and drink wine. The meat of the korban, not with wine. But if it's not uh, for the sake of joy, it's for the sake of drunkenness. That's us. That's what we're talking about. It's a balance. Judaism is tightrope. One day it's allowed, one day it's not allowed. So uh, uh, Purim, you're allowed to drink a little bit extra. But other days you're not allowed to. So it's a little balance. You're going to have balance in their lives. How much to give sedekah? I want to give a sedekah, but I don't want to get poor myself. So it's a balance. Everything's a balance. How many, how many, uh, yeah, it's a mitzvah to invite guests. How many guests do you invite? Your wife is like, you know, it's a beautiful uh, Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim says, he went to someone's house. And this guy's a wealthy person. And he sees the Chavetz Chaim, he's washing his hands with, for water, for bread. Very little water. He says, Rabbi, it's a wealthy house, we have tons of water. He says, yeah, he says, I know. But who draws the water? Who's your servant that draws the water? He says, that woman over there. She's an old widow. What do you want me to do? Use a lot of water to make her go to the well again? I know you can, you're paying her to do it. But it's, look how much trouble she gets. Sar. So a person's going to think ahead. It's not just what you do. It's also who else is involved. At whose expense? Whose price? You find people come to shoot. They leave the lights on all the time. But whose expense? <laughs> it's coming from Sadaqah. It's not coming from the middle air. It's coming from somewhere. So a person's going to worry about other people's money. They're going to worry about other people's kavod. What? It's very hard. It's very hard to think about all the angles. It's really hard to be a sadiq. Why? Because you got to think about all the angles. On the one hand, I'm doing this. On the other hand, for example, I want, my wife is sleeping. I want to switch on the lights to say tikkun chatzot. Say, give an example. you're sleeping. You're rubbing her sleep. <laughs> so I want to do a mitzvah. Go outside quietly and do the mitzvah over there. Don't disturb other people. Right. So a person says, you know, it's Rosh Hashanah. Selichot. It's six o'clock in the morning. The whole neighborhood is sleeping, and they do the shofar. 
Okay, so, okay, if you have a big shul, we do, Baruch Hashem, we have a big shul, there's not many members right next door, you can blow it, there's no one going to hear you. But if people are going to hear you, you're going to wake people up. So that's the problem, there's a problem. So person's going to be careful, thoughtful, that's the problem, thoughtful. So even he says on the festivals, when he says, don't drink a lot of wine, he says, don't keep drinking. So you have people, you have shuls with kiddush clubs. They go and they get all the best booze. Boy, they, they spend a fortune on the booze. People go for the booze. You know, when I came here, Simchat Torah, I was booze. Remember that? I thought, no booze. That's it. Take away all the booze. We're, we're dancing for the sake of the mitzvah. We're not dancing for the sake of the booze. People dance. Because they're dancing because they're high. They're, they're intoxicated. That's not dancing for the sake of the mitzvah. You dance for the sake of the mitzvah, not for the sake of the booze. Okay. The quality of joy, and that's the hard part, is, we said, the, the secret of joy is emunah. Everything happens to me, it's from Hashem. Right? Someone loses a job, it's from Hashem. You know why? Hashem wants to give you a better job. A person's got to have a positive state of mind. So a person's got to know how, live a life with a positive state of mind. And that leads to happiness. A person says, you know, everything's from God, and God will come zu. It's very hard to reach that stage. It's very hard to be on that level where a person has bitachon and emunah. And the person going to know everything is from God. Just like I rebuke my child, Hashem sometimes says, rebuke me. I rebuke my child. Hashem is telling me off. i got to do teshuva to get back to the state of happiness, joy. A person can't be happy when they did something bad because their guilt is killing them from inside. So it's very important. For the sake of your, your own welfare, for the sake of your own peace of mind, for the sake of your own joy, to do mitzvot and not do avirot. Because the more avirot a person does, it's a burden on their soul and stops them from getting, feeling happiness. You have to really thank Hashem for everything He gave us. That's the key. The key is always be grateful. Hashem, you gave me so much. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. A person has good children, a person has a good spouse, a person has good family. It's, it's a key. It's a key to joy. It's really it's a key to joy. So a person has to, number one is Samech Behalko. What's Samech Behalko? Be happy with your portion. Because always looking at other people, this guy's more, this guy's more. Never be happy. He'll never become happy. A person's going to be happy with what they have. I'm lucky what I have. I have this, I have this. That's number one. Number one is to count your blessings. Count a person's, a person's going to count their blessings. Rabbi Rehti always says, What's an Ashir? Ayin Shin Yudresh. Ashir means a wealthy person. Ashir. Ayn is an Ayn. You can see, you're very lucky. A blind person has no life. Number two, Shin. Shin Ayn. If you have teeth, Baruch Hashem. You can chew your food. <laughs> yud. What's Yud? Yadayim. Thank God, I have hands. Baruch Hashem. A million times. And Resh is Raglaim. I have Raglaim. I can walk. I was going to count their blessings. We don't count our blessings enough. That's our problem. We don't count our blessings. A person can be happy every day. A person can be smiling every day. I know someone who sings all day long. It's very high level. It's a high level of being happy all day long. So the person says, you know what, my stocks went down, my stocks went up, my stocks went down, I'm happy, I'm not, one day I'm happy, one day I'm sad, one day I'm go crazy, the person will go crazy. So a person's got to accept everything with what's called equanimity. What's equanimity? It doesn't bother me. I believe in Hashem. Hashem is going to look after me. So it's very important. Number one is be happy with what you have. That's number one. Number two is even accept the bad. That's so hard. This is the hard part. Bad things happen, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. That's very hard to do. That's so hard to do. 
That is the hard part of being happy. So how do you do that? And the answer is bitachon. Bitachon is trust in God. The word bitachon is safety in Israel, security. The first priority in Israel is security, bitachon. All they worry about is bitachon, bitachon, bitachon. We want peace with bitachon. Peace without bitachon, bitachon means security. The seatbelt in Hebrew is hagurat bitachon. There's a belt of bitachon, security, seatbelt. So a person has to have that kind of security. How do you get security? In this world, nothing is secure. And the answer is faith in Hashem. That's it, faith in Hashem. So a person has to have faith in Hashem. And that's part of our free will. So bitachon brings a person, even though things are bad, David says, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we can't even imagine what that means. A person walking in the valley of the shadow of death. They're very, very sick. I feel no evil. I'm not worried. I can be in a hospital, in a room. I was, when I was a kid, I fell down playing basketball. It's not a good sport. <laughs> <laughs> fell down playing basketball. I ruptured my spleen of all things. I was dying. Mamash, I was dying. I was in bed. I was in pain until the doctor came to see me and they took me to the hospital. Emergency operation. So now I'm a young boy. Emergency, come on, emergency surgery. I never had some emergency. Never seen. They put you out and they cut you up and then you come out of it. You're in a room. And I'm in a room over there. It's dark and there's a red light on. I say, am I in heaven or hell? <laughs> there's a red light over there. And the nurse was, you know, she was a black nurse. Oh, God. Am I in heaven or hell? Where am I over here? <laughs> it's, it's like, so I didn't know. I don't know. It's like, if I was going to have faith. Your kid, you know what's going on around you. Your parents are not there, and you're alone in the room in the hospital. But it's gonna have faith in God. But it's gonna have faith in God. Why are you crazy? How old were you? I was 15. I still, I still, I was older, but I still, it's hard without parents over there, and you're all alone, surrounded by nurses. You don't know, you know, been to the place. It's emergency surgery. You don't know, you know, it's traumatic. It's very traumatic. But a person believes in God. No problem. God is with you. You got to build your emuna. A person got to build the emuna. Okay. So the will to believe, the will to believe, bitachon, will to believe. I believe in Hashem. I believe in Hashem. I believe in Hashem. Hashem gave me this, and Hashem will take it away. Everything's in God's hands. So we're very important. So we've got to believe, trust. The trust in God provides the faith that gives a person this freedom to be to be happy even in troubles, even in troubles. So look what he says. A person should not tremble even because things went bad. And say, whatever happens is for the best. And then why? Because the person knows, a servant knows their master. And knows the master is generous. The master is merciful. The master pays a very good reward for those who do his will. Sometimes he gives his servants hard work. And he reward them even more. So who gets more reward? A person who has everything going well and he trusts in God? Or a person who has questions in his life and he still trusts in God? Who gets more reward? The latter. The latter, why? He's doing more work. He's working on their muna. I'll tell you, a person has a trouble in their life, they really become more faithful. If they really believe in God and they believe Hashem, hey, help me, help me, Hashem, Hashem, help me, Hashem, help me, that brings them closer to God than a person who never had the trouble, never prayed to God. So a person's going to use these, the troubles in one's life as a bridge to climb higher. That's why Hashem gave ten trusts to Abraham. Why, why ten trials to Abraham? He wants Abraham to grow through the trial. We all have trials in life. We have to learn to use the trial to climb higher. So if you know you're going to get more reward, you should be even happier. It's, it's really hard to do this. It's counterintuitive. Something bad is happening to me, but I know that if I, if I have the emunah, Hashem will give me even more reward. So this should make me even happier. 
This is bad. This is good for me. Why is it good for me? I'm building my emunah. I'm getting closer to Hashem. So a person who really believes in God, that God gives and God is merciful, those are the 13 principles, the 13 uh, different kinds of attributes of Hashem. El, Rachum, Vechanun, Erech, Apayim, Rav Chesed, Vehemet, Notzeh Chesed, Lalafim, Nosei Avon, Vafesha, Vechata, Venakeh. 13 kinds of attributes. A person says, you know, I believe God is truthful, God will give me, God will help me, God is merciful. And he's emunah, emunah, emunah. Every time he's getting reward. Tremendous reward. All these things bring a person close to Hashem. And a person will get tremendous reward in the world to come. So where do we get? Can we look what a proof he brings? Who does he bring a proof from? From Esav. Of all people, come on. Imagine he bring a proof from Esav. What does Esav do? What mitzvah did Esav have? He honored his father. father. And look what reward Esav got. The whole Western world is Esav. All the capitalism, all the wealth of the Western world, all the uh, beautiful buildings they built and whatever they did, after, all their empires, and look what a proof he brings from Esau. He says, if we honor God like Esau honored his father, imagine what we're going to get. So he's trying to bring a proof from Esau to honoring his father, to honoring Hashem. If Esau got so much re- uh, reward for honoring his father, look how much reward we'll get for honoring Hashem. So all the reward a person gets, everything a person does for the sake of Hashem, is tremendous reward. Nebuchadnezzar, can you imagine, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first temple. Nebuchadnezzar became the king of a massive empire. What merit did he have? He walked four steps. What four steps did he walk? Because he sent a letter, the king sent a letter to Hezekiah Amelech, the king of Jerusalem. Praise to King Hezekiah, praise the city of Yerushalayim, praise the Jewish people, praise to God. And Nebuchadnezzar saw the letter and said, you can't put God last. You've got to put God first. And he ran after the messenger to, to stop him. And those, those four steps he took, he got a massive empire. So the four steps, imagine, is Rasha, Nebuchadnezzar. He took it in honor of God and he got this massive empire. So therefore, a person who really does mitzvot for all his heart, imagine how many mitzvot he's building. Not just one mitzvah, not just one mitzvah running after the messenger, doing many mitzvot. So a person who believes in God completely and trusts in God with strength, that is a tremendous uh, pleasure a person will get. Really, there's nothing like it. There's no, you can't compare anything to the world like that. A person with emunah, really emunah, brings a person really safety and security inside. That makes a person happy. Imagine, a person says, you know, I have a powerful father who's looking after me every second of the day. I'm not worried about anything because he's looking after me. That was David Amelech. And that's why David Amelech was chosen to be the king of Israel. Because of his emunah, because of his faith in God. Yeshayahu Navi says, God, my God, will help me. And that's why I was never embarrassed. Hashem, I'm relying on Hashem. I'm never embarrassed. Hashem never lets me down. And uh, so that's, a, that's an amazing idea. Hashem will never let me down. I'll never be ashamed. Because I trust in God, I'll never, he'll, never, he'll never embarrass me. And so it's a very powerful idea to bring... Imagine, who in this world thinks that happiness is through faith in God? I mean, such a... You know, person says, I want to be happy. Okay, I need medication, I need drinks, I need parties, I need uh, jokes, I need this. How do I become happy today? And you know what? They're missing the point. The point is, there's only happiness through God. Only a person who believes in Hashem, only a person who has bitachon, 
That's the gate of happiness. That's the gate of happiness. The person does mitzvot, it's the gate of happiness. So people are looking in the wrong places, that's the trouble. We're looking in the wrong places for happiness. And that's why so many people are depressed. I went to the mall today and I bought $50,000 worth of, food, of stuff. And now I'm really happy, right? Right? Wrong. Now I've got to give back all the stuff. <laughs> I see my wife going shopping. She, she, <laughs> what a pain it is. She comes back. I'll return this. I think I'll return this. <laughs> so, but she's usually happy. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't help you. We're looking for happiness in the wrong places. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.